Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Vibe with Kai podcast. It's your boy, Kai, and I'm sitting here with Joe Schmidt. Super excited to be talking about what, what you're going to want to sit down and then plug your, your earphones in and turn up the volume because what we're talking about today is one of the most incredible stories that I was not expecting to hear about um, in, in late 20, it was introduced to me in late 2022. We're talking about it now in 2023 because um, the, the book that we're going to be talking about, it comes out soon in less than a month, February 7th, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And that's very, very soon. So uh, well, as soon as I heard about this story, I'm like, oh, I need to share this with all of uh, all of my audience. So I'm super excited to talk about that. Sitting with Joe Schmidt, the author of uh, Under a Z- Zambian, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I need to always make sure I say these things right. Cause I always hate when I say things wrong, <laughs> you know, um, author of under a Zambian tree, uh, a story that, that, that chronicles, uh, the, 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 the incredible life and, 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 uh, journey of, of Dora Mono Niambe. um, holy cow. I, I just want to kind of like, just dive right into this because this is incredible. So just a little quick background about Joe first. Uh, Joe, you are, you're 25, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep. 25, you're a 25 year old uh, uh, writer and ecotourism researcher, born and raised in Kohler, Wisconsin. Are you a Green Bay Packers fan? Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'd say yes, to be honest. I'm not a big football guy, so that's don't ask me anything about the team. I know <laughs> we're out of class, but I, I am a Packers fan, Bucks fan, Badgers, all that. Got it. Stuff. Okay, all good, all good. Uh, Joe has since traveled and lived around the world. Uh, He graduated from Northeastern University with a degree in finance and economics. In 2021, he was the recipient of the prestigious U.S. Fulbright Research Grant for his proposal on uh, the perceived economic impact of ecotourism. Schmidt's experience and passion for wild places have taken him to some of the most remote locations in the world. Have you ever been to New Jersey? That's pretty remote and crazy. Have you ever been there? One of my best friends is actually from New Jersey, a little place called Kinalon. Uh, nice. I've never, I've never been to Kinalon, but I've been through New Jersey with him. <laughs> nice, nice. That's the craziest place you'll ever go. Is this the craziest <laughs> place you'll ever go? Um, so, Joe, you, you wrote a book here under a Zambian tree. Um, I'm not going to do this justice, but I'll kind of set everything up for you. Um, Dora Mono Niambe, teacher um, who pretty much started from scratch, went over um, to a small village and just started literally teaching under a tree, literally teaching under a tree. <laughs> and through all of the stuff that came uh, through through that entire journey, she built it up into this thing that ends up uh, uh, helping so many, so many young people uh, in that area. So let's start there. How did you get involved with this story? Yeah, so it, it, it's all kind of one of those things where you get on social media and you start to meet some of these incredible people just randomly through this network. Um, as you said, I was a Fulbright scholar, so I moved to Zambia in January of last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I was my plan was to live in this very remote part of the country on the border of Angola. So Zambia has eight countries surrounding it. Um, it's got a large border with Angola, the Congo, which is to the north, and then Tanzania, Mozambique, uh, Malawi, and then uh, Zimbabwe. and uh, a tiny border with Namibia right. and um, Botswana as well. And I was going to be on the Angolan border working there. And I thought, what what better way to kind of share my journey and learn through, than through TikTok? Because yes. my older okay. sister was like, this, there's this TikTok app. I know you're not on it, but people will comment and they'll ask okay. you questions. And you'll probably be able to meet some Zambians and, and learn some things from them. So I was like, okay, great. I'll get on it. Right. And in my first week, 
first 10 days I was in the country, my account went from nothing to 10,000 followers. Um, I got on- fascinating. It's like yeah, legitimately it was, it was fascinating. Crazy. Yeah, so, so I was like, you know, hey, I'm moving to Zambia. I, I, and part of it, and to be honest with you, part of it is I had applied for the Fulbright in 2020 and I've been reading and researching about Zambia for two years almost, right. a little bit more. And I was really excited. Um, and I was like, hey, I, I, you have a beautiful country. You've got a ton to do here. And I'm interested in your culture and your history. And the, the Zambians immediately picked up on that. And so I was on national news in the first 10 days. <laughs> one of the larger podcast, like one of the largest podcasts in the country hosted me. And of course, I was just like, hey, I'm here to learn and we're going to have a great time together. And um, that led me to Dora. Dora saw some of those initial videos and um, she was up in a village about 16 hours away from where I was researching. And she just uh, commented on one of my videos like, hey, I'd love to have you talk to some of my students at some point. And I had no idea who this woman was. And of right, course, many, right. many people in America know who she is, but I just wasn't on TikTok yet, really, and was kind of scrolling through and saw the comment and I immediately was like, what is this woman doing? I mean, she's got <laughs> blue check mark and she's got all these followers and she's showing all these crazy videos. So right, right. I researched some more about her and was just like fascinated and, and sent her a message. And uh, she was like, yeah, why don't you just come up and see me? And I was like, uh, sure, I, absolutely. So I, I went up and visited her and mm -hmm. that was the start of our, our journey. That's, it's incredible because she, she has legitimately, you know, uh, improve the lives and, and educating millions and millions and millions of people all over the world and it legitimately she like literally went there with with no money like not really nothing to her name and she ended up just kind of teaching all these people so if, if you don't mind start from what from from I guess uh what you know about the story because obviously you were there and and, and and documenting all of this once that kind of started, how did it end up growing into what it is today? How did how did it started so humbly and mm -hmm. so small to a point now that it's just enormous? How how is that how is that even possible? Yeah, so Dora has this incredible passion for education, but I think mm -hmm. more broadly, Dora really just cares about other human beings and want, wants to reduce human suffering. And I think a lot of we use a lot of buzzwords like development mm -hmm. and you know trying to you know, developing countries and all these different things. But Dora just saw like, hey, I have this skill set and there are people that, that need help and, and I want to help them mm -hmm. in some capacity. And and her way to do that was through teaching. Right. Um, so she had tons of opportunities because she had traveled and she had a good education. Mm -hmm. And instead of leaving Zambia and doing some other jobs, she decided to move to a small village where she saw a need and start this school. And the mm -hmm. school really came, It's she built a mud house in yeah. this tiny village That's and she had nice. no money. She had a couple hundred dollars and she was going to use that money and start teaching. And, and I remember when we were first talking about it, she told me my dream at that point was to have this kind of little house on the prairie type school where like I was going to be in the middle of nowhere, a one room building, and I was just going to teach kids and help people. And if that was it, that was fine. And right. she, she was there for a couple of months and she was making some progress, but she was still teaching underneath the tree, still living in the mud house. And her daughter wanted to get on TikTok. Her daughter was bored. She had right. two adopted daughters that were living with her at the time. Uh, we can get into how many kids she's adopted and all that yeah. as well later. But yeah. Um, so her daughters were bored and they were like, let's get on TikTok, mom, or whatever. And Dora was hesitant, didn't really know much about it. And she kind of out of boredom and a little bit out of loneliness was like, fine, downloaded the app, posted a video, nothing happened, posted another two, nothing happened. And her fourth video, she kind of explained what she was doing. And 
yeah. it, it went crazy. I mean, now it's got, I think, 40 million views That's or something insane. Incredible. And just to, um, and just to kind of clarify for the for the people that that are are just learning about the story, these are not just you know just like normal children. Like these are these are these are young people who are victims of abuse, uh, forced marriage, rape, neglect, and 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 so much more. Uh, she has uh, in in her her kindness, her knowledge, her insight was is it has been able to help them and push them forward despite so many things trying to stop her <laughs> from 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 succeeding and and all of that like like yeah it, it is one of those stories that's really incredible and, yeah. and one of the reasons I was so drawn to Dora and I think so many others are is um you have this woman that is um capable and and knows it and and she's you know shouting from the rooftop and saying we're going to make change and we're going to do this and from an outsider or a foreign perspective, it's so incredible to see someone that's doing it within their own country. I think yes. right now we're looking for those, you know, those grassroots heroes. And I think obviously in America, we've got a lot of people to look to that have kind of helped certain communities and done things in their own backyard. And now in a time where the world is so connected, it's incredible to have a story where we're watching, hey, there's a Zambian woman that's doing it all by herself. She's got no institutional funding. She's mm -hmm. got no, she's the boss. Yeah. Uh, we had this joke always, whenever I'd be with her, people would kind of think that maybe I was a, a donor or something like that. Right. I would always say that I'm her driver. Like she's the <laughs> boss, I'm the driver. Yeah. Know, she's calling the shots. And that's the truth. I mean, she, you know, she's the one driving all of this change. And, and that's truly right. incredible. And I think that's captured the fascination of millions around the world mm -hmm. who feel they're part of the journey and are proud of this woman, but also fascinated right. that she could start from such humble beginnings and drive change throughout her nation, really. She's humble. She's kind. She's she's like the the, the picture of, of, of strength with everything that, she, that, that she does. And, and what you were mentioning, you know, earlier, you know, stands out to me in regards to the world in a way becoming smaller right because we have our we have our phones <laughs> you know we're able to connect with people literally all over the planet in a fraction of a cent of, of a second and we're able to learn so much about other cultures and other people just by opening up our phone so that's why like oh when when covid you know really kicked in you know march 2020 let me tell you, when I downloaded the app, I learned so much in such a small amount of time because of the fact that, you know, we have, we have people like you that are sharing your story. We have, we have people like Dora sharing her story. And, and it's just incredible that we're able to connect the entire globe in, in one little world and, and that people like you and her are, are able to affect people's lives. So with that being said, when did you know that this was something special like you you you, you meet her you you get the story yeah. when did you know that this was like oh oh wait a second this is something yeah. unique yeah and i think you know from what, what i'm always inspired by from some element is that there are these people around the world that, that look at her and don't necessarily know that much but have this yeah. faith and trust in her and are willing to open up their hearts and donate. And, and for me, I think naturally, I had a little bit of Midwest skepticism, you know, I was excited and thrilled by what she was doing, but I, I did want to go and see it. And right. I had this plan to go there for maybe a night, maybe two nights. I remember telling a friend, I wasn't sure how long I'd be there. Yeah. And when I showed up, her expectation was, oh, oh you're going to be here for a while. Like you don't know when you're going back. And she kind of had that mentality, which was yeah. it's just so welcoming. And I stayed for a week that first time I visited, thinking I would stay for a night or two. Yeah. Um, and at the end of that week, I told Dora that I wanted to, I had a nice camera and a tripod. Mm -hmm. I said, why don't we sit down and I'll record you. She, no, she hadn't ever done an interview like for TV or anything like right. that. So I was like, why don't I just record this for you? And 
I'll edit it and I'll send it to you and you can use it. I won't post on any social yeah. medias. You can put on your YouTube or whatever. So I wrote down these interview questions. We had like 25 and we went through them the night before. And the night before the interview, she was answering these questions. And I just realized that it, it, it wasn't, she had these incredible answers and I just needed yeah. to dig deeper. It wasn't going to get there in just yeah. that one interview. So the next day we do the interview. I drove home. So I drew, it was like a 12 or 13 hour drive back to where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I woke up, I edited the video and I was ready to send it to her and all the magic was gone. All the, all the love, all the kindness, all of these amazing things that I witnessed, you know, the, the school is such a positive place. Even, yeah. even being a stranger there, you know, I was getting compliments from these kids that were practicing their English. And I was, you know, she was just, everyone was helping each other and they were all excited to learn. And they all looked up to this woman. I mean, this woman was a, you know, she was just a savant. I mean, she had just come down and descended into these people's lives and just created this massive change. Right. And watching myself interview her, I was just like, you don't get any of this from the interview. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, we've got to do something. So I told her, let's hold off on the video. I'm going to come and see you in three to four weeks. And let me think of something better. And then over that month, I just kept thinking, God, there's got to be a book. There right, has to be right. because, you know, books are not only just like they have so much more information, but they're also a legacy. And that's what yes. this book is in many ways. Yes. You know, no matter how well the book sells, how many copies, whatever, mm-hmm. there will always be her story and these children's stories written forever. Right. And right. Um, I, I returned to the school. I had kind of a book pitch. I was all ready to kind of convince her to, hey, this is a great idea. We'll do this. We'll raise right. money. We'll get the word out. And before I could do that, we were on a drive and she asked me, hey, Joe, have you ever thought about writing about your travels and about your Fulbright in a book? And I turned to her and I said, and then this is in the book, I said, I don't really want to do that, but I would really like to write about you. Why don't we talk about writing a book about you? And it was just this really a moment of serendipity. And, and yeah. from there, the project really started. You know, um, what's, you know what's fascinating is the fact that like anybody that just like might just randomly be tuning in and just like listening to the story, like you might think that we're talking about people that are, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old that have, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, like when she started this, she's tw- she was 27 years old, 27. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. And yeah, no, you're no. 25. Like these are, these, this is today's generation changing the world. And that's why I, I'll never, ever, ever understand why anybody can like hate on this generation or the generation uh, b- b- you know, below us or, or even the generation below them because they're, they're just like this unique sense of just strength that you know might have been you know passed down but like the fact that people like you and her are able to legit change the world with these ideas and to to follow through with it and now on February 7th you're going to be publishing this book that you were talking about is is that surreal for you like to to, to, you know talk about the moment where you're like okay I'm going to write a book about you and now in less than a month that book is actually going to hit the shelves is that how surreal is that for you? Yeah, it's it is one of those things. I mean, I think for both of us, we've been so zoomed in on this project. Yeah. Um, that at times I think we've lost that kind of moment of like, wow, this is a really big deal. Right. I think that there have been times in which I, I know the first time that Dora read the book, that was a really big moment. Um, there were certain chapters that we read together that like after it was done writing, it was like, wow, this is a really big deal. I think mm-hmm. once the book is in people's hands and once we have people reading it, that that moment will kind of happen again. Right. Um, and the book, the book, I've got it right here. Um, yeah. the, the book, the real purpose of it all is to amplify her voice in this right. incredible story. And so 
with that goal, every TikTok we make about it, every time that someone asks me about it, this podcast, that's part of this greater ecosystem mm-hmm. and this greater mission that we have. Mm-hmm. And so each one of those successes to us is a big deal as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's just been an, it's been a long journey, but a really incredible one. Right. Right. I want to, I want to talk about the, the kids for a second, you know, the, 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 the students, you obviously got to spend, you know, time with them and, and all of that. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about what it was like to spend time with these uh, young people who were being helped by Dora's efforts. Yeah, so the kids come from a lot of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there's just shy of 200 students. Mm-hmm. There's about 100 that are boarding students, and then the other 100 are day students. Mm-hmm. And they, like I said, they come from all different backgrounds. There's a lot of abuse and neglect. I would say neglect is probably the largest group yeah. um, that are boarding students. And then, um, as you mentioned, Dora is an advocate to end forced marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of uh, kind of culture around some of the forced marriage stuff in some of these really rural communities where, where yeah. she is. And I would say from like a interaction standpoint, the kids were just really excited and welcoming yeah. to have someone that wanted to come on their level. And I think that's what's great about Dora being really young. And, and for me, it was easy as well, because we still look at ourselves and think we're kind of kids to some element. Uh, right. We have that kind of like, hey, you want to play and hang out? Um, some of the best moments I had with the children were reading with them and working on the kind of reading mm-hmm. stuff. I sat in on a lot of math classes. Uh, one of my good friends, the teacher I became very close with was a math teacher. Mm-hmm. and um, you know, every Thursday there's a dance party. And so all these kids gather in a cafeteria and like, yeah. it's just this craziness of like Dora's like, she's standing in the front doing these choreographed, like they love the TikTok dances. Yeah. So like, you know that my bestie, your bestie yes. song? Yes. <laughs> like, then they're looking at me, pointing at me because they know I love that. <laughs> the youngest is, uh, so Dora has a kid that was just born, uh, is an adopted daughter that was just born a few months ago yeah. uh, in November. And then the oldest uh, student, I think, is 15 or 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the highest grade is sixth grade right now. So next year they'll have a seventh grade, and they're going to try to continue to grow, yeah. kind of as these kids kind of mature out of primary school into secondary. Right. But that is all really dependent on funding and uh, what happens in the future. Right. See, like hearing this story and and the the goal behind it, it seems like it's a pretty logical thing to to get behind and and to want to support. But Dora ran into a lot of issues. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that she, you know, had to, had to deal with while the growth of this school was, was taking place? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good thing to highlight. I think mm-hmm. one of the things we, a lot of people think about development and about humanitarian work is that people come in with quote help or whatever you want to, they want to dig wells, they want to build churches, they want to build schools, hospitals. And part of it mm-hmm. is, you have to have a cultural and an ancestral knowledge about the area to be able to do these things. And so Dora came in and she was, had the appearance of a poor person. She's living in a mud hut mm-hmm. and she was teaching these kids underneath the school, but she had this ability to conjure up food to feed these kids. And to, she was giving winter jackets away and she was providing these resources to children while seemingly very poor. Mm-hmm. And so right off the, right from the beginning, there was a lot of skepticism that she was a witch, that she was going to take advantage of children that she was here for negative reasons. Um, And so she faced a lot of pushback from community members that really were there and would have benefited the most. Um, Her first GoFundMe, she tried to raise $5,000. She ended up raising $58,000. It was this massive success. Mm -hmm. And she, instead of taking, you know, she she wanted to drill two boreholes for the school Mm -hmm. and for the kids. Instead of taking that $58,000, drilling two boreholes, building another classroom and doing everything she wanted to do, she went and drilled three more boreholes 
just for the community. Wow. And that was, that was not something that she had planned on doing. Yeah. And she was like, you know what? They need it. If we don't drill these, this community is going to suffer and, and right. the children are going to suffer then. And it was acts like that, that I think started to get the ball rolling, but still, even so she was telling me that when she drilled the first borehole for the community, many people weren't using it because they were like, it's poison. She's a witch and mm -hmm. all of these rumors. And uh, she's had to fight really hard for that in her immediate community. The, the larger group has really has her back now. Yeah. Even so, I mean, there's, you know, the communication isn't the same as it is in certain areas. And right. obviously there's a lot more stigma to an outsider and Indora is an outsider. She's Zambian. Right. But she grew up in a different area. She isn't a villager and right. in some ways she never will be. And that's not necessarily her fault or anything like that. But mm -hmm. um, she's always going to face and kind of be the underdog in this situation. But mm -hmm. she's done an incredible job of leveraging the teachers who are real advocates and all are hired from the area. They're, mm -hmm. they're all within like 15 kilometers, which is incredible yeah. because they've got these fantastic jobs right. and they're teaching, you know, these children that 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 could have been them. Right. So she's right. done a really great job at making it a grassroots effort. But still, I mean. Cultural change takes many, many years. That's not something that happens right. overnight. Yeah, I was going to ask. So like, you know, it, it, even even though so much has been done so far, it, it really hasn't been that long yet. Right. So like mm -hmm. what is what is the what would you say is the goal um, for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Um, like, is, is it to how, how, how much expansion are we uh, are we thinking about number one and number two are we looking to go into other villages as well you know or just like focus solely on that village yeah i mean dora dora when she dreams she doesn't dream very small it's not <laughs> this, i'll tell you i mean if it, it's one of those things that i think uh it, it was incredible to me we were standing when I first visited, we're standing in a field and she's telling me about all these things she's going to build. And I'm thinking, where's the money? Like, where is this going to come <laughs> yeah. in? And she's thinking, the money doesn't matter. The money's going to come because we're going to build it. And it's just mm -hmm. this kind of mentality. I love that. I, I know that her immediate focus right now, she, she's working on building a hospital mm -hmm. or a clinic for the immediate village because, like I said, it's a very rural area and no one owns a car. A few people own motorcycles. So like delivering babies, if your kid is sick, that can be a full day journey, even though it'd be a hour long car ride, it can be a very, very long journey for some right. of these people. Um, so she will, is focusing on building a hospital and then very soon she'll need a secondary school for these children. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so she's kind of doing these, these two projects already are quite big. I think from a larger perspective, she definitely wants to go out into other villages and make yeah. a larger impact around Zambia. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, Dora's not a small thinker. I think if she could and she had it her way, she'd get more money and she'd do this in many, many other places without within Zambia and outside of Zambia as well. Right, right, right. And I, I know this will, this might be a tough question to ask when two dudes are talking, but, you know, uh, uh, women's empowerment here, like for, I've, I've been very blessed to have interviewed uh, a lot of different, you know, talented, educated, wonderful, smart, funny women, you know, that are just so driven and they're, they're, um, um, strength is so admirable their their skill is so admirable their their passion is admirable right what in the best of your ability <laughs> you know <laughs> what would you say is is you know how does this affect women when they hear this story dora dora gave a really great speech at the united nations international day of the girl child this past year in istanbul and and the focus of that speech really was her tenacity um, Dora looks at a problem and she doesn't think, you know, where's the money or how are we going to do this? Or, you know, who is this going to necessarily help on the larger, the secondary scale? 
her, her, her approach is to attack it and just go out and try to do it and to keep doing it. And I think that no matter who you are, a man, woman, whatever, mm -hmm. there is such an incredible, that's such an incredible lesson to, to not look at a problem, but try to find the solution first, right. like what's going to fix this problem and just try to go out and do it. And I mean, Dora's story is incredible in part because for anyone that's a non-believer, they would read the first chapter or the first bit of the story and there's no way this woman has a shot. Mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly, that, that's why she's so inspiring. Right. She did something right. that like, you know, 99.9 .9 times out of, you know, 100 is never going to happen. And she's done it and she's going to continue to do it. Um, it isn't a fluke when you meet her and when you read her story, it, it isn't something that just fell into her lap. She didn't get lucky. This mm -hmm. would have happened through TikTok or through Instagram, YouTube, through mailers, through some way she would have made right. it work. And I think that's one of those lessons that I think everyone can take away. Yes. And for specifically women, her involvement in just trying to be so outspoken mm -hmm. um, against forced marriage and right. just that, hey, girls are powerful. Girls can do this. Mm -hmm. She's a single mother to 13 children that she's adopted. Right. Um, and, and I think that's an, an inspiration on a level that I can't understand. And I'm sure that <laughs> you're probably the same as right. I don't know what that's like. So right. I can't even comprehend how impactful that would be mm -hmm. for, you know, a woman in a rural part of Africa to, okay. to hear her story and feel right. that. Right, um, right. But just being me and being able to hear it, knowing how inspiring it is, I, I can't imagine for someone else. Right. In a different right. Position. And what's what's really exciting is that, you know, like really, this is just the beginning and there's going to be so many more stories to tell, you know, uh, with, with mm -hmm. this. And with that being said, though, the first story, I mean, February, February 7th, it, it's, it's coming out. And and I know that the, the proceeds, 100 percent of the proceeds go to footprints uh, of, of, of hope and uh, what what is the ultimate goal here you know with the with the book yeah. what, are we, what are we trying to accomplish our goal is to sell 5,000 books and I think that that number I think a lot of people are like oh it sounds small or whatever but uh, in 2020 98 percent of books sold less than 5,000 copies mm -hmm. and, and our goal with the book is to educate people on who Dora is and what she's trying to accomplish here mm -hmm. and so when I think about you know 5,000 copies I think one, it's a lot of books if you're thinking about a publishing or whatever it is. And, and the other thing is that that's 5,000 people that are involved in Dora's mission. Right. Um, you know, we right. want people to read this book and to be inspired to find their own Zambian tree, to find their own grassroots mission in their backyard, mm -hmm. whatever country, whatever community that's in. Mm -hmm. And we also want people to read Dora's story and say, hey, I, I want to be involved in this for the next five or 10 or 50 years and see where this can go. Right, and right. I think a book is a very unique way to do that because you become very tied to a mission. And I think when I think of some of the books that have impacted me, um, Paul Farmer is this incredible person. He started Partners in Health, mm -hmm. a very famous book where it was written about him in a somewhat similar style called uh, Mountains Beyond Mountains. Right. Paul Farmer worked with AIDS patients in Haiti mm -hmm. um, and worked uh, in a number of different kind of medical fields in Russia and Peru. And I think about his story and I'll carry that story with me forever. Right. Um, and, and that that's a kind of a mission that I feel drawn to. And the only power that, you know, that, that was a book, a book did that for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'm hoping that this book can do that for many, many people. Right. It's, it's funny that you brought that up because that was actually going to be one of my next questions in regards to if there were any authors or any books that you look to for inspiration, you know, um, as you were working on this one. Uh, mm -hmm. it was, were there any other like authors or, or books that stood out to you in regards to, um, you know, putting this together or inspiring you? I'm a big Tracy Kidder fan. Um, so he wrote um, a book called uh, What Strength Remains, which is about a, a young man from Burundi 
Um, he moved to America, was homeless and, and became a doctor in America and then went back to Burundi. Just an incredible story. Lived through two civil wars, mm -hmm. the Rwandan genocide and then the Burundi civil war, which is also a genocide. But mm -hmm. there's some politics behind that if you right. know some of the Central African history right. there. Mm -hmm. um, but Tracy Kidder was a big influence. Um, yeah. I'm a big nonfiction fan in general. So yeah. um, I kind of have a, a long reading list that I, I went through. But yeah. the focus of the story really and what was important to me was that I didn't tell Dora's story. I let her tell certain aspects. And then I talked more about observations and things that I was seeing. Right. Because this book is not a memoir. It's not Dora's words. It's, it, it is part of her journey. And it's, you know, things that happened to her, things that happened while I was with her, what I witnessed. Um, and that was important for both of us because we wanted to share where she's at in, right, in this stage. Right. Um, right. Dora will someday hopefully write a memoir in, in 20 or 30 years, and it's going to be a very different memoir mm -hmm. because a lot is going to happen in the meantime. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to so, there's going to be a movie. I hope you know this. There's going to be a movie, and I hope, I hope so. That would be incredible. And I'm going to be I'm going to be first in line to see it. I hope you know. <laughs> um, I want to I want to talk about about you as well as as a, as a as a person that has traveled around so many different places. You know what's next for you you know you personally what what are you looking uh to, to happen for you in the, as the next step yeah so so right now um my focus is 100 percent on trying to get the word out with the book launch mm -hmm. we're trying to reach out to media we're trying to just get dora's story in front of as many people as possible yeah. anyone who listen i'll talk to them mm -hmm. and dora will too mm -hmm. um so that's, that's my goal through kind of through the book launch and then dora's actually going to be coming to the united states mm -hmm. to do a speaking tour um, so she'll be speaking at some universities and whatnot at the end of February. So I'm hoping you two can meet when she's absolutely on the East Coast. Absolutely. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I'm working on publishing my ecotourism research. And I'd like to continue to write and continue yeah. to, to tell stories that impact people, whether that's through writing books or through uh, doing more research in remote areas. That, that's right. really what I'm passionate about. Right. How often are you looking to, to go back to, to Zambia to visit? I think that I'll probably be back within the first six months of the year. I'd be okay. surprised if I wasn't. Right. Um, but but I'd say it really depends on on where this project goes. I mean, right. we're really hoping that, you know, ideally uh, it's one of those things where Dora Dora can do some sort of speaking events other places and I can go yeah. see her there and then I can come travel back to Zambia and see the school. Um, you know, it has so much potential to, yeah. to impact so many people's lives. Yes. And I think it's from, from an outsider's perspective. And I think I always try to remind myself that, this isn't an organization. It isn't, it isn't a book. It isn't, it's, it's kids in a rural area. It, right. It's always coming back to that and mm -hmm. trying to remind myself of that, that at the end of the day, she's massively reduced human suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's 200 mm -hmm. kids every single day that their life is so much better than it would have been. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's super powerful. Uh, right, it's, right. it's been an incredible lesson for me. And, and I know that others have been inspired by it. Yeah, um, and I know that she can do so much more. So I'm really, really hopeful that this book can go out and, and do what what we're trying to accomplish. And I know that Dora, regardless of how the book does and how her TikTok does or whatever happens, yeah. she's going to continue to change lives. Yeah, there, there's a quote that I saw um, on on the website that I want I want to read out because I, I, I this quote just I love it. Uh, Dora says, "I was alone with my thoughts and dreams. It took everything I had to take that first step, saying to myself." I will let go of everything else and chase this one dream. Dude, <laughs> that just like, it just, that just hit, that just, that hit different for me personally, because um, in 2023, like my goal is to, to be, you know, self-aware, to, to be driven in a way that I've never been driven before. 
And when I saw, when I read this quote, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like the, the perfect way to describe, you know, for me personally. So I'm like, okay, I need to, I definitely need to, you know, follow this along. And, and like, this is, I love this, this is incredible. So if people are looking to, to support this story under a Zambian tree, if they want to buy the book, if they want to learn more about this, what can they do? So the best way to support the book uh, would be to buy a copy. So it's on pre-sale right now on Amazon. So if you just search under a Zambian tree mm -hmm. um, on Amazon, you'll find the pre-sale for the ebook. Mm -hmm. The print edition, both hardcover and softcover will be available on February 7th. Mm -hmm. um, again, I would say, you know, another way to support the book would be go follow Dora, go follow me, spread mm -hmm. the word. Um, this is one of those stories I think that will, you know, it's amazing to learn about what she's done, but also it'll inspire you to go out and do something great in your own community. Absolutely. And that's really what we're trying to do is uh, make the world just a little bit better of a place. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to include in the uh, in the description of this uh, of this podcast and this video, there's going to be uh, uh, links to everything here, including uh, Joe's uh, TikTok and Dora's TikTok. I'm going to have links there. I'm going to have links to uh, the website as well, where you can get more information uh, about this because like once again, holy cow. <laughs> if you want to see a movie before it gets made, it's this real life story that's fascinating and adventurous and exciting that's that's like still being filmed right now. Like this is just the beginning of it. You definitely yep. want to go, you know, check this out and, and follow the story. And um listen, Joe, my, my final question for you is this, you know, as as we as we wind down here. If there's somebody listening right now that feels lost that feels like they have this dream but they don't know how to go about chasing it they feel as though they won't it won't be successful they feel as though there's so many things that are like no you can't do this or you shouldn't do this but they want to do it but they don't know if they should if there's somebody out there that's listening right now what would you say to them you know, I think I would follow in the footsteps of of Dora and what she did in the sense that um, you've got to reach out to the world. You've mm -hmm. got to put you got to put that dream out there. And if that's putting it out on TikTok, if social media, or if that's just putting it on a note card and looking at it in the mirror every day, mm -hmm. you got to put that dream out there. Because if you don't put it out there in writing or in video, in a format that you personally are holding yourself accountable, it's not going to happen. And I think right. if you put it out there in front of yourself, even um, it definitely, you can make it happen. You've got to really go after it. And, and that's clear with what Dora has done and, and, and similar to you. I mean, I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts. I, I really liked it. We were talking about failure and one of your earliest failures. And yeah. I, I have a question for you, which would be, yeah. when are you going to write a book about that? That's the start of the <laughs> you know story. I, mean, I was I'm listening actually... to you talk about this bottom moment as a senior <laughs> yes. and I'm thinking, this is a really good start to the book. Like, yeah. Hi, when is this happening? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm actually like no lie working on my first book uh, right now. Oh, nice. What I did last year was I spent uh, about six months collecting uh, stories from people around the world about their mental health. I, I let them um, send me their story. They could be the, a long story, a short story. It could be anything that they want uh, to tell their journey. And um, and I collected those stories and I'm putting that in a book and combining that, uh, interweaving my story with theirs. And the goal of this book is to um, help people understand that they're not alone. You know, that, mm -hmm. that mental health doesn't discriminate right? It, it, no matter yeah. where in the country or where in the world you live, whether you're black, you're white, man, a woman, you know, it doesn't matter. Mental health affects everybody. Yet it, we feel so alone, mm -hmm. right? I, I find that yeah. so ironic that like so many of us are affected by, men, by, by mental health journeys, yet 
we still feel like we're by ourselves. And my goal, you know, with that is to, is to, you know, hopefully, you know, help, help at least one person, if I can help at least one person, you know, feel as though that they're not alone, that everything's going to be okay, if they just keep pushing and they believe in themselves and, and get the, and get help, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm a happy guy. If I sell one copy, one copy, that's not my mom, <laughs> then like, we're all good. <laughs> that's incredible. I'll be looking forward to seeing that. In the yeah, next Awesome. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm a perfectionist. So, I mean, like I'll be done and then I'm like, no, I'm not done. I need to, I need to fix this, you know? So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, man. Like legit Joe, thank you so much, man, for, for, for sitting and, and chatting with me. Um, my friends go on the website, go follow Joe, go follow Dora, share, share this because there are so many people, including yourself that can get something out of this. And we only touched the surface. We didn't even like dive super deep yet. And th there's even way more than we even, than we even got into today. And I, I promise you this right here is a story that you definitely want to be a part of. It's definitely a story that, you know, is still ongoing that you have the ability to affect to this day. You have the ability to, to play a role in this story. And so I, I, uh, really, really encourage you to, to read up on this um, and, and reach out and, and, and buy the book. February, February 7th, February 7th, oh. get the pre-sale. Go right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Go right now on the website, get that pre-sold book and, uh, and we'll go from there. Joe, thank you so much, man. Honestly, thank you. It was great to be here. Thank you so much, Kai. I, I, I'm serious. I'm looking forward to that book. You better text me when it's out. I know I will. <laughs> you know I will. For, I'm going to have you read it first because you're 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 a published author and I'm not. So I, I'm going to. Well, we'll see. February seventh. After that, you can hit me. There the book. Then, I'll be, <laughs> then we'll go through published. Yeah. Exactly. I'll send it to you February eighth, and then we'll go. Okay. <laughs> we'll go I'll just read it. Mark my oh my gosh! No, legit. Thank you so much. And to everybody that was watching or listening, if you enjoyed this and you want a little bit more, uh, go uh, follow me on all of your favorite social media platforms. Follow me at the vibe with Kai uh, on all platforms, or you can visit my official website, thevibewithkai.com, where I will uh, have even more information about under a Zambian tree there. So you can uh, visit my website, get even more information, uh, get that pre-sold book, all of that jazz. Um, to my guest, Joe Schmidt, thank you so much. To everybody listening and watching, as always, much love, good vibes, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye.